Welcome to Racing Only Better ahead of Haydock, Beverly and Chester this weekend. Eight races to get through, including Money Back Special. The 210 of Haydock, which I will tell you about momentarily. And plenty of winners, of course, coming your way, courtesy of the best assembled panel, panel the most expensively assembled panel since the Three Musketeers. Isn't that right, Kevin Blake? The Three Musketeers expensive. Oh, they had, they had the finest of <laughs> fine taste. Athos, Porthos and Armies were not ones to slumber, Kevin, I'll have you know. In the Palace of Versailles and the like. Yes, yes. Yeah, do, you not read, do you not read uh, Dog Tanyon and the Three Musketeers, no? I can't say I do, no. <laughs> but I take your word for it. <laughs> that's, uh, that's sound and quality. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, you and Golden can relax there in your lovely armchair. Mr. Tony I'll be, I'll, be in, I'll be in the Cashel Palace rather than the Palace of Versailles. <laughs> the Palace, okay, right. Mr. Tony has a shirt on today, gents, which can only mean one thing. He means business is that right tc it means i'm going to see the consultant at two o'clock that's right <laughs> okay. is there a dress code for when you walk into the hospital to the consultant is there does he yeah. demand you look a certain way before you get you good or bad news hospital number two is coming up <laughs> uh, daniel barber is with us from it looks like um his study or conservatory is that right now it's just, it's just the office he's got oh, the um, office. Right. he's um the dress code, of course, is look like a snooker referee who's just taking his dicky ball off and he's passed it off a tree. <laughs> he's nailed it. He's nailed it. Well done. Okay, lads, look, loads of winners, hopefully, uh, coming your way over the course of the next uh, few minutes or so. Okay, we'll kick things off with 145 at Haydock, gentlemen. Uh, the Betfred Nifty 50 Achilles Stakes. Nifty 50, the name is in the, the clue is in the name here. Fast horses only need to apply five. Yes! Dragon symbol, your nine to four favorite, Roger Ferry. <laughs> Dragon symbol. Going in this race, my God. Uh, Clarendon House, five to one. Ainsdale uh, for Jim Camacho, Julie Camacho at seven to one. Atalas Bay, eight to one. Uh, Tab Deed at nine to one. And it's 10 to one bar. Right, Kevin Blake. Atalas Bay versus Dragon Symbol versus all the rest in the Nifty 50. Who do you like as the oh, fastest yes. horse in the race? Another one for the for the Hugh Cattle bingo early days. You can't you can't be get the big tick early in the podcast. <laughs> I, I'm going to anticipate that. Um, that Tony Calvin might be getting a bit excited about this race because we surely have a windy fav here, Hugh, don't we? In Dragon Symbol. I um, don't know, do we? Do we? You know, clearly the best horse in the race yeah. on his very best. He was banging away in group ones there last year. And of course, yeah. he, he he famously won at Royal Ascot and then lost it in the Shewards room. Commonwealth um, Cup, disgraceful decision. Backed him that but, day as well. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'll te- but I'll tell you what, that reappearance now what, was pretty disappointing. Uh, worst run of his life, I think it's probably fair to say. Um, York. Weak, yeah, weak in the betting prior as well. And it just would raise red flags now. He might well bounce back and ne- never, you know, leave it well behind him. But um, he finished last season on a low note. He started this season on a low note. Um, and at the type of price he is, he will happily go with something else. And if he, if he comes back to his best and bolts up, so be it. Yeah. Um, but he is uh, going back to five here. You know, he's clearly very effective at six. He ran very well in Nuntorp, etc. But um, I'm going with Talis Bay. Me old pal, me old flower, me old chum. Yeah, um, I, I put him up last week and the, the rain came and um, they withdrew him. Um, Kirkland Tellwright, I believe, has had his watering can out at Haydock. So I'm hoping he tucks that away now and we uh, we get we, the, the ground dries out to at least good and hopefully a little bit better because this fella rattles off it. And um, yeah, for, for reasons, you know, uh, I've tipped this horse a whole heap of times in the podcast. I really like him. He's, he's very fast. He's an uncomplicated ride. He was too gassy um, on his return at Newmarket, went too quick on the front end and paid the price late on. And I just think this is, this looks, if you, if you, if, if you, if you don't like Dragon Symbol, 
this looks a winnable race for a listed race. And I think we've seen enough for Metallus Bay to say that he can do he can do this. Um, he's got Richard Kingscut on board, who, who rides more winners at Haydock than anyone. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go with him. I think he's a very fair price. Um, it's not the worst each way race I've ever seen in your life. And I'll be pretty disappointed if he doesn't hit the frame at the very least. Metallus Bay, 8-1 to one for Kevin Blake. I'm with Dragon Symbol GC. He's stepping back to five. He's the class horse here. He didn't run his race at York. I think he wins this. What do you think? Yeah, um, I'd probably be more of a backer than the layout night before, to be honest with you. Ah, didn't oh. read the room there. That, that said, I think if you're going to try and get him on the exchange, I think you're going to have to go to about maybe 5 to 11 and 4. So yeah. I'll, be, I'll be probably looking to back him there, if anything. Um, to be honest with you, it's not my kind of betting kind of race. And yeah. as Ken said, it was a, it was an underwhelming comeback. You're beating 12 lengths in that kind of race. But... You know, if you are looking for positives, I mean, that was a very, very strange race at York. Um, just visually, just didn't, it didn't really pan out right, did it? And and at the time, the Roger Varian stable going for a very, very, very quiet patch. They've had a few winners since. They're not firing all cylinders, but that will give you some uh, some confidence if you're backing it. And quite simply, if he, if he, if he, if he clicks here, he just cops, doesn't he? Um, we, we, know, yeah. we know last season, he's got everything going for him. Uh, Kevin mentioned the ground. It's currently good to soft at Haydock. They they put an eight mil on Tuesday. They had three mil on of rain on Wednesday. They had three mil up until one o'clock uh, when we were recording this on Thursday afternoon. And there's a maybe a bit more to come. So the ground is very much up in the air. But against that is a drying forecast for the next 48 hours until race time on uh, Saturday. So um, that's a consideration. But you know, Bracking Singles got the Group One form. He's got course form. Goes on any ground. If he runs to anywhere near his best, then people are going to be looking why isn't this six to four than rather than nine to four. But but as we've said, there are there are negatives. But I think if you I think you'd be looking at five to two on the exchange, and I'll be backing rather than laying. Backing rather than laying, as will I, Dan Barber. What will you be doing? Uh, small, argument. small bet at Talis Bay. Um, small bet at Talis yeah. Bay. Yeah. I'd, well, the case for him, I mean, we were saying about York last week, we were hoping the pace would hold up really well. As it happened, he didn't run anyway, and maybe that shifted slightly, so we possibly got away with one. But I can just see him firing off again and playing catch if you can. If, if Dragon Symbol's back on form, he'll beat him. But I'm, I'm slightly alarmed by the fact they're running in a listed race. This is a last season. This is a Group 1, Group 2 sprinter. It's either good placing or it's reflective of concerns maybe on their part that he's not come back the same horse. On Saturday at two o'clock, we're going to be sitting there wondering how the hell the dragons going to go off nine to four, two to one, five to two in the exchange. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Anyway, you, you, you'll be you'll be ringing me and Dan to join the Italis Bay <laughs> fan club. I'm telling you, <laughs> the two twenty is our money back special. So it's money back as a free bet if your horse fails to place uh, on the sportsbook or the exchange. Check out terms and conditions in the show description. It's the bet Fred double delight. Handicap 220 on the card at Haydock. So contact is a three to one favorite at the time of recording alongside Forza Orta for Kevin Ryan. So um, you can't split the two at the top of the market. Three to one currently. You got Marijan at nine to two. HMS president, ho oh, ho, eight to one. And it's 12 to one bar, Tony Calvin. Yeah. Um, some, some bigger ones at bigger prices further down the uh, list here, which I was thinking today when I was going through this might appeal to you, but I don't know whose side you've come down on. You know me too well, you. It's a, this place is a story of my life. Uh, I'm taking on the three four-year-olds who have oh. chances. Uh, you've got to be worried about Forza Auto in particular, I think, because probably bumped into one of those William Haggis 94-rated handicappers going to win a 
Group Two by the end of uh, end of June uh, in in Garcy last time. So yeah, I mean Vorza Auto is one I really fear at the top of the market, but all roads lead to Scarlet Dragon to me. Fourteen to one each way, four places. Um, you know this this horse is a nine year old, so he's he's he's, he's falling down the handicap. So he's exactly the kind of profile I, I normally go for in, in races like this. Normally comes a cropper, but I was looking at this race on Wednesday night and. Um, Hopefully, my professionalism and, and prep has done me a favour here because I was what I was looking at the markets um, and looking at the BHA site on Wednesday night, and he, uh, she wasn't uh, the horse wasn't jocked up at all. But Holly Doyle got slotted in there, um, so I, I managed to nick a bit of twenty fives on Wednesday night. Oh, lovely! Um, so right place, right time, right result. Hopefully, but yeah, a fourteens with the extra place now where the sportsbook. I mean, he's got an excellent chance. If you go back and have a look, I me mean, this horse won a. A uh, good new market handicap under Holly Doyle in 2016, which underlines how old he is. But just two years ago, he won the Duke of Edinburgh off a seven-pound higher mark than this, again under Doyle, who's, uh, who takes a ride here. Um, like I said, that was at Royal Ascot in, in 2020. Um, obviously, a lot of water under the bridge since then and has moved from Alan King to Eve Johnson-Horton. But go and have a look at that new market run first time up. Incredibly weak in the betting. I think the Betfair SP was five, five points bigger than the industry SP. William Buick was at pains not to give him a hard time whatsoever. And I bet Eve Johnson Horton and Connections couldn't believe their luck when he got dropped drop five pounds in one hit. Um, the horse has got loads of good course form. He's been finishing really good um, efforts in old Newton Cups here off the mark in the, in the, in the hundreds. He's finished seventh beaten under five lengths in one of those off a mark of 104. Now he's down to a mark of 90. Up with that run under its belt, the ground doesn't match this horse. I mean, the, the, the old Rowley Cup win at Newmarket was on fast. The Royal Ascot win was on soft, so the ground can do it at once. So can Kirkland. Uh, yeah, 14 to 1, four places. You've got to be wary of, obviously, the, the up-and-comers who've, who've got potential upside to the handicap form. But you know this horse comes to anywhere near its best. Uh, it, should be, it should be bang there on the premises. So age is against him, but the handicap mark is very much for him. So Scarlet Dragon, each way, four places for me. Age nine it might be against him, but price and handicap mark and positive Scarlet Dragon for Tony Calvin. I can see the case. Dan Barber, who have you come down on? Yeah, I can see that. But also going look back at that new market race, and I thought the winning was really impressive. Contact. This is a horse who, a classic barren horse that's getting better as he ages. And the final winning margin of two lengths, I don't think, does him justice because he went to the front a long old way out under yeah. Curtis, powered his way to the front. And then once there, I think, probably as well still got two and a half three furlongs to get home here and credit to him he managed to sustain and maintain a clear lead but I think he was a much better winner of that race than the two lengths suggests the handicappers rated him of course on a two length win so he's perhaps got a look away a little bit lightly and I think he is a real improver um I, I do I think he's only now is he really flourishing but it was more so the new market race a two length winning margin sounds great as it is but he definitely won with more authority than that. The, the sweep to the front was dead impressive. Yeah, okay. Three to one as well um, at the time of recording. So it's contact for Dan Barber. And final word to you, Kevin Blake. As you know where I'm going. I'm going with another cliff horse. I'm with TC. I've put up the Scarlet Dragon heap of times. And uh, look, he'd drive you mad. There's no doubt about it. But um, it's one of those when the price is right type of things. Um, like you'd say, looking at it, he's gone so well at Ascot before that they might... You know that that new you know new trainer etc might 
be teeing him up for asking for the problem they have is that that, that five pound drop that Tony mentioned, you know, he's too low to get into the race that, that he'd be running in now. Um, the, the Duke of Edinburgh, you know, you need to be around kind of 95 to get into that. And he's now down to 90. So they're in a position where he probably needs to win this if they want to go to Royal Ascot. So mm. um, motivation will be high. <laughs> and he didn't shape it all badly coming back at Newmarket last time. And she, look, it's always the same old crack with him. Like you just hope he gets loads of cover and, and consents to relax because he is just always that, that free goer, isn't he? Um, but look, the price is right. Um, so I'm going to join up uh, with TC and uh, reclimb abo- aboard the Scarlet Dragon Express train. Well, well, I tell you what, if, if, if a Talis Bay wins the first race, it could be in one of those Kevin Blake special days. And, he, you know, I'll be keeping an eye out for this. And a couple of years ago, not many people know this, but a couple of years ago, Kevin had a, a very successful tipping speech. And he hasn't told anybody, Mrs. Milner, a few of those. He's very shy about it. He's quite embarrassed when you talk about it. But it could be one of his days. Could be another one of those days, Kev. Oh, yeah, I actually it's yeah. Interesting, they're going two-handed with, uh, with Scarlet Dragon as well, because the same same trainer, same owner of HMS President in here, which is why I was balking at going anti-post on uh, Scarlet Dragon. But they clearly think uh, they've got a, a decent two-handed chance with those two. Excellent. Okay, great. We move on, gentlemen. The 255, that was our money back special as well. Um, terms and conditions in our show description. And the 255 is the Betfred Pinnacle Stakes. It's a group three contest here. Uh, 255 on the card at Haydock. Cela Rossa for William Haggis is your five for two favourite. Climate, Jesse Harrington sending over. Climate uh, with James Doyle in the saddle at seven to two. You've got Michael Stout's Noon Star at nine to two. Lady Hayes for Roger Varian, 11 to two, and it's eight to one bar. Dan Barber, yeah, I don't know. I, I, Climate has been around a good bit, obviously. Last round at, um, I think at, uh, was it Newmarket um, uh, back in May? But who do you like in this, please? A small view. I mean, as, as Tony's alluded to a couple of times, the Haggis domination is absolutely incredible. This is just another one who climbed the ranks and you know he's, he'll have placed it well. He seems to know very, very much what sort of grade his horses are at when he hikes them. But I wonder if Noonstar's worth another chance. This trip is more suitable for her. She ran in the Middleton. First time out, it was a mess of a race. Second time out, sorry. It was a mess of a race, but it was 10 furlongs. Reappearance at Nottingham was showed that he, she can still win races. Now, she's not kicked on as likely. She looked she looked a potentially very good horse when she won at Weatherby last season. Ended up signing off with a mid-div in the Ribblesdale. Not disgraced, but equally not living up to expectations. Two runs back. I just think they've been over the wrong trip. And the time to back her maybe is here. Nine to two. Yeah. distance more in her favour. And for all, Haggis is unbelievable. We haven't seen her for seven months. If there's any ring rustiness there, we know Noonstar's already up and running for the campaign. Yeah, but as you mentioned, Haggis absolutely flying. Um, so I don't know, that, that'd be a big factor here, I presume, uh, Kevin Blake for favourite favorite backers that uh, William Haggis is in great form. Cela Rossa won last time out, albeit October in 2021. So it's a lot of rust there. Yeah, like she, she really came alive there at the back end of last season. She was very impressive that day. Um, but I am siding with the Irish Raider for, for Jessica Harrington Climate. Um, I thought that was a smash and run at Newmarket last time, comeback run. And it was just it was just an interesting decision to go there because she progressed really well at the back end of last season, but she doesn't have kind of any black type of any description yet. And it would have been a more natural thing to do to kind of shoot a little bit lower on the, on the black type ladder, you know, go for a listed race. And, and there, there's a bunch of races there that she could have run in. Um, over here so the fact that they punched straight for the group two was definitely interesting and, and just missed out on the black type finished fourth um, but as much as anything it's the it's the step up in trip 
Um, she's shaped a few times that it might just suit, including on that return. Um, she's her pedigree is a small bit of a mix, um, but it, she should get it on pedigree. She's by Australia. She's a half to um, power who you'll remember is a very good horse for Aidan O'Brien, but also um, some, some stronger stayers, uh, Curvy and Takafat as well. Um, so I think she shouldn't, she shouldn't have any trouble with the trip. Um, and yeah, look, I think Jesse must think a fair bit of this filly to have pitched her into a group two first run back. And uh, she drops in class likely here. And I think she'll, uh, she might benefit from that and go very close. Strong argument for a climate. Jessica Harrington, Kevin Blake, 7-2, to 255 at Haydock. Tony, last word to you on this race. Who yeah, like? fascinating race, isn't it? can see the case for climate. Um, Haggis writes his own script for these kind of horses from See the Stars, doesn't he? Dialectable U, got from mark of 84. Obviously got no chance on form, but then Ian, look at, look at her breeding. Full sister to, uh, to you know, a host of Group 1 fillies, so... I mean, obviously looking for black type. I, when I, I did, I spoke to Ryan this morning about his um, ride at Navan or Navan. Uh, oh, and I, bingo. And I, and I, did mention, <laughs> I did mention Noon Star to him. Um, and obviously he rode him. He was a bit of a lackluster run at York last time. He, he did say the step up in triple suit. Uh, but he did say what this filly does need in this kind of grade. He does need cut. So if you are looking to back noon start, I would maybe suggest wait until Saturday till we know, get a better idea of how the ground's going to ride or, or even by the end of Thursday because they're due more rain throughout the day at, at Haydock on Thursday. But um, yeah, noon star, I mean, like I said, he's, that was the proviso he put in. He thinks a step up in triple suit and any ease will, will definitely make her competitive in this kind of grade. But it's a, it's a really trappy race. You can put four or five up in here, isn't it? And I don't think the prices really lure you in Well, the current no. price. No, but maybe more on the day they might uh, contract or otherwise on the day we'll wait and see. Um, okay, the last one on Haydock then, another group three. It's the John O'Gon Stakes here over seven furlongs. Sunray Major for John and Thady Gosden, five to two favourite from uh, 10 to three. Kinross uh, for our good friend, Mr. Ralph Beckett at 11 to four. Happy no, Paris. No, 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 no. After he was nice to me earlier in the week about Moon de Vega's running pants, it's Rafe all the way now. You can call him what you like. You can call him Hell Moon <laughs> Stars for all you care. He's Ralph to me, and he'll always be Ralph. And even when I meet him, which is ha- going to happen eventually before I pass away. In the uh, boxing in the ring. Week. How are you doing, Ralphie, my good old friend? Happy Power 7 to 2. Spy Catcher 7 to 1. It's how much you like about the rest. Okay, Kevin Blake. Uh, are you going with our good friend Ralphie Beckett, or are you going somewhere else? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Happy Power, another another old friend. Um, he did us a turn last time with Leicester in a in a very short field, Hugh, just the three runners, um, and I thought he was quite good there. Um, look, he's versatile. Um, seven, he might seven might be a better trip than six for him these days. He, he's versatile. Um, and look, he, he's not getting younger, but he seems to retain much of his ability. He's a Group Two winner in his pump. And um, look, he's, he's a very uncomplicated ride. Um, and, I, and I just liked that performance last time. I thought he was well on top from a long way out. I thought he was idle in front. And um, yeah, look, this is this is tougher company. But um, I'm hoping that Happy Power will be bang there at the finish. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I thought it was really, really impressive, Tony Calvin. And uh, I'll be on him as well for Andrew Balding. Happy Power for me to make a two out of two. What about you? Um, again, this, I want to know what the ground's like, really. And I think Kinross... If it's good to soft on on Saturday, he's a, I think he's a knocking bet 11 to 4. Won this race first time out last season. Um, 
obviously went on to win the Lennox, a Group 2 Lennox, beating a subsequent Group 1 winner in creative force there. He's unpenalised for those, for those wins. Um, yeah, he's got a lot in his favour. But the, the Beckett stable is still not firing. I mean, he's... Ralph's normally Ralph's. Sorry, Rafe. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Rafe's normally, Ralph Rafe game. Ralph's normally a twenty percenter, uh, but uh, no, he's 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 well below that at the moment. God, oh God, Jesus Christ! <laughs> that was brilliant. That's the biggest win. The biggest win I'm going to have amazingly <laughs> better this season. Go on. People are going to pull that out and think, oh, he's done it on purpose, the piss take. <laughs> um, yeah, but the, the form of the stable is still a little bit of a worry. The ground drying out would be a way for Kinross, but he's, he's the best horse in the race. Won the race last season. If it's good, good to soft, I think he'll take a while to beat him in this kind of race. Um, I, I, I'd have him as clear favourite as it stands on good to soft ground at the moment. I'd have him more of a two, two chance than 11 to four, but again, that could all change if it really does dry out. But uh, if you ask me at the moment, as it stands, ground, price, form, Kinross, 11 to 4. Yes. One for Kinross, two for Happy Power. Where's the Dan Barber shake- shekels going? I'm winding about the clock it's a year or so ago when I put up Lane Cash first time out at a massive price and he just yeah. got touched off by Sacred, who wasn't seen again. But had she been, I think she'd have taken higher rank again. She was fancied for a Guineas last year, Did probably didn't get the trip so no idea what happened to her but Lane cash shaped really well first time out Tony's mentioned the stable showing better signs of late and held a form pretty well after that two good runs maybe shaping like seven furlongs on the short side and that she wants a mile but I'm not that concerned Tony said the ground's worsening it's been pretty wet in the northwest uh, as we speak on Thursday morning so I thought I might bring Stammer into play but I like him I think he's still got a, a bit to recommend him lightly raced horse with with some potential Okay, so Lane Cash then for Dan. Yeah, I do remember. You know, it was the story of uh, a couple of months last season. You kept getting touched off with these big price tips. Um, okay, Lane Cash for your good self. That's um, Haydock done and dusted, gentlemen. We shall move on to uh, Beverly, if you don't mind. And the first we're going to talk about is the uh, 205 on the card, which is the Hillary Needler Trophy Conditions Stakes. So a bit of a mouthful in the name. Um, absolutely flawless for Dave Lachnan is your seven to four favorite short price. A par fire for Nigel Tinkler, seven to two. You've got Primrose Ridge, five to one, and it's seven to one a bar. What about you, Tony Calvin, in this 205? It's over five for long. So, once again, who is the fastest horse in this fast horse race? Um, not have a betting opinion, but I did look at there's a bit of 25s and plus knocking around. I expect you'll get bigger on the exchange for Miss Mai Tai. Um, stables under a cloud, Robert Cow. Uh, but I think he sh- I think she's shaped a lot better than a, a performance suggests so far. And it's interesting that the the I don't think the Cool Silk partnership they used to pay a lot of money for horses. And I don't think they're they're splashing that kind of cash. But uh, Cow won this race for them in 2017, and I just thought I, think I didn't really nothing really attracted me to the prices at the top of the market. And I just think a, a, a 25 to one plus on the exchange, maybe Miss Mai Tai could, um, could outrun her, outrun her price, but uh, yeah, nothing, nothing concrete. Um, not to confuse Mai Tai, which is a cocktail and Muay Thai, which is a form of mixed martial arts. Don't get the two of them confused. Mai Tai, a drink, Muay Thai, 
mixed martial arts. Kickboxing, um, not mixed kickboxing. martial arts. Well, it's I'm a good time. I'm actually carrying the two on a Dublin on Saturday night, don't you? Yeah, yeah be doing, I'll be doing one before the other. Have a few Mai Tais before I get into the Mai Tai in the middle of O'Connell Street, taking all, all the headbangers that seem to be walking around these days, thinking about Connell. Or up in Dublin Airport. Dublin Airport. Dublin Airport, yeah. I'll be fine out tomorrow. We can be go walking around like this. What are you looking at? Who do you fancy in the five furlongs? Um... Oh, is it, I know it, it's a funny name, but it's a long-running race, this, um, with, with a bit of history. I'm mistaken by the fact the Newmarket Maiden, that Marge won, and which distinguished lady was third, threw up a winner at Wolverhampton on Wednesday, believing in ridiculous fashion, missed about 10 lengths at the start rearing, still won. On time form figures, improved a few pounds. Uh, I think distinguished lady can take a step up and she'll be a prize. I mean, they are the go-to owners at the moment, aren't they, for sharp two-year-olds? Distinguished lady's got the perfect draw in one. And I hope she's sharp for that first experience. Yes, most of them bought by Mr. Ross Doyle, who lives not too far away from my good self and a gentleman and obviously a decent buyer of uh, young horses before selling them on. Um, I should say for Richard Hannon. Uh, Kevin, who do you fancy in this uh, sprint? Um, I was impressed with absolutely flawless at Chester. I don't think it was much of a race, but um, I think it was to her credit that she was able to win because she kind of blew the start. And um, at that time at Chester, it seemed to be particularly favoured to be prominent, which isn't unusual for Chester, but it seemed quite pronounced there. And um, she was the only one on the day, I think, to come from anyway off the pace at all. And she kind of came from last. Um, so I thought that was a good effort, despite the bare form not potentially being up to much. Um, I thought she was a reasonable favourite here and will hopefully go and make it three from three en route to one assumes Royal Ascot. Okay, good stuff. Um, right, gents, that's the uh, opener at uh, Beverly. Two more to talk about. The two uh, forty on the card is the bet three six five handicap seven furlongs here, and uh, Percy's lad is your eleven to four favourite. We have Jonathan Ross's favourite Wob 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 at seven to two. You go Gregory at five to one, and it's eight to one. A bar, uh, Dan Barber. Who do you like here in the seven furlong handicap, please? I like two, and I think at those prices, I will back them both, and I'll basically be getting what five to four. Uh, 11 to 8 one of them wins it that's Wob 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 who's back over the right trip <laughs> after two runs over six Roy Hodgson or Jonathan Ross's favourite um, and um, the other one is Hugo Gregory he's just mustered around Beverly he's had a run behind him just a week ago I think he'll be right back on it here handicap mark has plummeted to 78 now I mean he was he was mid 80s and competitive and winning races last season I thought those two should be first two in the market I don't mind backing the pair of them uh, coupled at about 11 to 8 of course, you know what they say about Wob Wob Wob. He wanks as high as any in womb. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Very well. I shall release water. Kevin, who do you like in this? <laughs> you're, you're so mad. <laughs> you're so sacked after that. <laughs> <laughs> who do you like in the seven for a handicap? Apart from Jonathan uh, Ross's horse. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I'd be a one of dads. I'd be with Ugo Gregory and um, as Dad mentioned he's fairly deadly around Beverly but if you kind of if you isolate his runs to when he got forward at Beverly and um, he's particularly good he'd be like three from four the couple of times it didn't go right from a Beverly he, he missed the kick or he was out the back or what have you um, but if, if he can get forward here um, he seems to love the place he seems to be kind of steadily building this season his, his first couple of runs now were below form but he's dropped six pounds as a result and given his record at Beverly it would be a shock if Tim Easterby's kind of had a little red circle around this meeting um, and now he's back to a mark that he can certainly win off and yeah, yeah if he can get forward under Duran Duran Fentiman he'll hopefully go very close 
Five to one at the time of recording, Thursday lunchtime. Tony Calvin, your handicap pick, please. Yeah, it's a bit of a team steam here. I don't, I think it's been ages since we've agreed. Oh, Hugo Gregory, for all the reasons the boys said, that he normally takes a while to come to hand. Uh, it's fourth run. If you go back and have a look at the Haydock run last week, uh, he wasn't given too hard a race there. Dropped four pounds for it. But the key to this horse is go and have a look at its runs after quick turnarounds. He's won after a two-day turnaround, a four-day turnaround, a seven-day turnaround. It's just like everything's in place for Hugo Gregory to win this. Total eclipse of the heart. Five to one. Five to one. If you don't get your money back, you. Yeah. You don't get your money back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Wild Boys would be the appropriate one for this podcast, too. Yeah. Duran, yeah. Duran, Wild Boys. That's, oh, no, that's the song we'll be blasting out of this goes well. Our name is Wee and <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Ugo Ehiog, uh, former Villa player. Ugo Gregory, it is for the three lads. Ugo but there you go. Yeah. One, two, three is a charge. Take it, take it or leave it, lads. I mean, come on. If, if they're not all in song here. Uh, I'd advise you to have a few quid on Ugo Gregory, and we all go down with the ship and have a big party down there if he doesn't win. Right, last one at Beverly then is the uh, two-year-old trophy condition stakes, 3.15 on the card. Um, you can kick us off, Tony Calvin. The old whistle and flute is your 7-4 to favourite here. Rogue Spirit, 9-2. to We've got Chateau at 9-2 to and at 6-1 to one bar. Tony Calvin, who do you like in our two-year-old, I know you're not making to the juveniles, sprint of all things. Whistle and flute will win, money. Um... I think he shaped like the best horse in the race last time under a penny at Ascot. First come out of one since. Got the best time figure. Got the best form. Going to win. 7-4. Oh, strong. Strong. And a 7-4 fan from Tony Calvin. You don't hear that too often, ladies and gents. Take note. Dan Barber, do you agree? Yep. I'll say even shorter. I thought, I didn't think he got the run of the race as much as the the winner that day. And it was basically made a very promising start, wasn't it? For the same connections who had Chipotle do so well in in two-year-old races last year. He got a very easy ride at Ascot, I thought. Mm, yeah, I remember you mentioned it on Wade in. I was. Charlie didn't bash the bishop there. I didn't. I, I had. Um, I have this rain man like memory of where I was when listening to podcasts, and I remember. I can even remember the road I was on in Perth listening to that, and uh, it definitely led me to agree with you, TC. Listeners, the double Ugo Gregory and Whistle of Food pays 15 to 1. 15 oh. to 1, the double gamble responsibly, as always. That's all I'm saying. The flute. That's the saying. The general consensus doesn't happen too often on two horses. Ugo Gregory and Whistle of Food double, it's 15 to 1. It's worth a euro. Okay, that brings us nicely along to Chester. The last race we're going to talk about the 345, the ICM Stellar Sport handicap over seven furlongs, gentlemen. Don't have prices up at the time of recording, which is Thursday lunchtime, but they can't be too far away. Nevertheless, we have the likes of Boardman in there uh, for Tim Easterby. You've got uh, Richard Hannans of This Is Us, Spirit of Life for Ian Williams, Azano, uh, Pensiero Damone for Marco Botti. Kev, who do you like, please? I'm going to live dangerously, Hugo. I'm going to go with Boardman. I've been with him a few times this season. Um, why why going with him is living dangerously is, look, he's a whole lot parse. He tends to find trouble, and it's a case of whether he gets himself out of trouble quick enough to go and get the job done. Um, mm. He got out of jail just in time at Haydock, and again, a thirst last time. I think a three-pound rise for the latter is, is pretty lenient. Um, and look, it's Chester. He's drawn low. He's going to be buried on the rail, and... 
let's see what happens in the straight. Um, I suspect he's going to be fav here, but I think he's probably the best handicapped horse in the race. So put on your big boy trousers, Hugh, get on board yeah. with Boardman and hope it goes uh, it goes all right for you in the straight. <laughs> okay, Boardman, uh, Kev, is number seven on the card at Chester. Tony Calvin, who do you like, please, in the seventh furlong handicap? Uh, could be Beckett's world, and we're all living in it this weekend, if the ground is uh, suitable. Now, Chester, they put on five mil on Wednesday and they're going to say they're watering to maintain. And so I think they're going to err on the side of caution. So I think we might be getting good ground and that might be enough for uh, Tom Frey to get away with it. Now, I was, he surprised me when making all, trying to make all at York last week. But um, the upside of that is, I don't think he ran too badly there. A lot of the horses come from off the pace to, you know, to, to fill the um, major places there. But been dropped in the weights. He's now back on the mark of 97. The last time he ran off 97, he won. Um, and again, if, if the ground is suitable for him to take his chance, he's another one like Ugo Gregory. He's got a, he's got a really good record when turning out between seven to ten days of his, of his previous performance. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Tom Frey, off that kind of mark, if the ground is suitable, and I think, you can, I think you're looking at a, a guide price around seven to one for that for Tom Frey, Okay. Um, I think that's I think that's very fair. Now he he's got a midfield draw, but uh, he ran really well, a lot better than the finishing position to Jess first time out over course and distance on his debut. Um, so I think he could be primed to uh, run a good race there. But again, it all depends on the ground, and I probably might wait until Saturday to see what we're dealing with there. But if it's good ground or, or easier, I think seven to one Tom Frey is a, a very very good bet of that kind of mark. Tom Frey with the proviso that it is good ground check maybe on the morning of the race. What about yourself, Dan? Um, Kev said you might need big boy pants. You might need a new pair of pants given Boardman <laughs> style by the end of it because he is it is a bit heart in mouth. But I still think this is a... I mean, you've been a fan of this from the start of you, Hugh, but we followed his climb through the ranks last season. Yeah. Um, had a, a blistering period then. He's actually come back better than ever, I think. And I, I see no reason why that improvement won't carry on. He is effective around Chester. He's won here before. He just needs the breaks. And in a smaller field than he faced when he last ran at the track, I think he'll get those breaks. And if he gets a clear run down the outside, I can see him sweeping through to the front light. Um, Excellent. Okay, good stuff too for him. Hold on to your hats. Um, good stuff, lads. That's uh, all the races done and dusted on the card. A reminder, our money back special is in the 220 at Haydock. Check the terms and conditions in the show uh, description. All that remains, though, is to get your naps for the weekend. Uh, Tony and Dan yet to hit the mark. This could all change this weekend. Kevin plus 23. I'm plus 102 on Barry's official markings, but add three points for United Nations, but still has to be taken into the book. I'm plus 332. <laughs> right, Daniel Barber, your nap, please. Well, uh, part of me is thinking, oh, God, just get away. I'm not as clinical as Tony when it comes to prizes. Sometimes I just want want a pat on the back as if to and have a winner and have that buzz. But I think I'm hoping to start something potentially tremendous here. I'm going for Hugo Gregory rather than whistle and flute. Hugo Gregory, okay. please. Hugo Gregory, again, the general consensus horse. Uh, Tony Calvin, you're not, please. I fancy loads. That's, that's, Do that's, it. Cool. Um, but the only horse I've backed at the time of recording, I will be backing more, is Scarlet Dragon. So I'm going to have Scarlet Dragon... I know we I know we only got three get three places here, not the fours of the sportsbook. So Scarlet Dragon win and place because I am worried about uh, at least two of the four year olds. Well, in that Lovely. case, because Tony was a party pooper, I thought it might all three of us go for it. I'll go with whistle and flute rather than you go for it, please. <laughs> right, okay, whistle and flute for Dan, Scarlet and Dragon, and Holly Doyle to do the business for Tony. For yourself, Kevin, I'm going to go with climate. 
That's new market for Jesse Harrington. That'll do for Climate. me. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, and if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, I'm going with Dragon Symbol to win the list of race lads. Nine to four is a joke. I'm sorry, it should be six to four, five to four. <laughs> Dragon Symbol to go and win. And we'll all sit there scratching our heads going, how the hell was can it? Can we make not new market for climate? Yeah. But did yeah. I say new market? Yeah. I'm going to crash. Yeah, so there climate go. for Jesse Harrington. Come back to new market, didn't you, in the Dahlia? Yeah, yeah that's and I'm right, gonna, I'm going to do a little one year lucky 15 on all our four selections. I think this is the weekend. We're all going to strike it hot. Um, so please gamble responsibly as always. And thanks, gentlemen, for your contribution. Now, look, finally, and just want to finish on a, on a very sad and somber note. All of us on the Racing Only Better team would like to dedicate the show to Graham Dant, who very sadly passed away last night after an unwinnable battle with cancel. And the form analyst, as many of you know him by on Twitter, uh, we're thinking of his wife who lost her husband far too early his beautiful children as well who have to grow up without their dad life can be very horrible and cruel sometimes and this is certainly one of those times rest in peace Graham and we're thinking of your family okay lads mind yourselves and enjoy the weekend <laughs>